What's going on, Thor? Uh, yo. What? What's all this about? I just I just got back from the coffee shop with Olga. The coffee shop with Olga? You didn't finish her off? Well, you know what? Here's the thing. We we got to the coffee shop when it was really early in the morning. It was still dark, 5 a.m. And by the time we got out of the coffee shop, the sun was coming up. And then something happened. She started, like, slowly disintegrating. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And then... Uh, she didn't have her sunscreen with her? I, I guess not so. And then she just... Poof. I mean... I think that's the last time I'll ever see Olga. Oh, I hope so. If I see her again on this podcast, there's going to be f trouble. What? What are you talking about, trouble? Well, yeah, I got this condition I got to live with now. Like, What, what condition are you talking You know. Where, yeah, you got some tomato juice there? Some V8? No, I am... Um, one of your roommates is missing. I'm sorry about that, but, um, you know... At least, uh, you won't have to worry about sharing the bathroom with him anymore, so... That's a plus. You're drinking my roommate's blood? Uh, yeah. Would you like some? Uh, no, thank you, but... Uh, are, are you sure? It's quite nutritious. I... I am positive. You know why? Because I have my drink today. So, everyone, uh -huh. I'm going to have uh, Michael Thordeson also try this. This is called New Tonic, although I know he prefers blood nowadays. Okay. Uh, this is a productivity drink. It has a little bit of caffeine, L-theanine, all this stuff that's supposed to be a in the... Bit. It has 120 milligrams. <laughs> oh, that's nothing. I usually drink Bang Energy. That has 300 milligrams. Oh, wow. Yeah, but this, uh, it's supposed to, it's kind of like a nootropic. I don't know if you've heard of those things, but it's supposed to help brain function. Okay, I mean, we all need that right now. But, uh, you want to do a taste test? Sure. Are we going to cheers? Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. And this flavor is wild citrus. Oh. Pretty good, huh? Pretty good. Pretty refreshing. So what's better, that drink or your blood? Well, your roommate didn't drink any coffee, so his blood wasn't caffeinated. So okay. I would say if you're going for a caffeinated drink, I'd go with the... Newtonic. Okay, all right. But what about yourself? Would you have the blood or the Newtonic? I'm going Newtonic all day. All day? I'm not. I'm not paid for this, but Newtonic. If you want to sponsor me, hey, I'm the guy. You're the guy. <laughs> and uh, where were we? Were we supposed to have a guest today? Uh, yeah. Did, didn't, didn't we have a guest? You, you said there were... No, 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 no. We are not having a guest today, Boyton. I can't. Did you screen them? Are you sure they're not a zombie, a wendigo, a werewolf, or a magical girl of some kind? What's a wendigo? <laughs> What's a wendigo? <laughs> a wendigo. <laughs> um, a wendigo is like a cursed spirit that lives in the mountains. Um, yeah. And why would a Wendigo be in <laughs> Okay, all right. <laughs> I don't know who you would invite to okay. be on this show. It could be either a vampire, a zombie, a Wendigo, or a magical girl. Yes. Now, 
Tell me what a magical girl is. A magical girl is like, um, they've been gifted magical powers by some being or some thing, and, um, they fight monsters. Like, you think of Sailor Moon, or, um, the girls from Tokyo Mew Mew, or, uh, Card Capture. Tokyo Mew Mew! So Sakura? <laughs> I don't know if any of these you'd be familiar with, but... Well... Okay, I don't have any of those types of creatures in here. Not as guests, at least. Not as yeah, guests? Yeah. Are you sure? You did a, a furrow background check. I don't know. I mean, oh, we, got, we, we got lucky with the vampire, because I could still do the show. If it was, like, a zombie, then we'd have trouble. Okay. Or, I mean, a real wolf, I guess we couldn't film on the full moons. And then, uh, I think if it was a magical girl, girl that we pissed off, she would just kill us. We'd, yeah, we'd be yeah. doomed. No, I, I gave her a, a PB&J sandwich, and then she just took off. The, the vampire? No, no, the magical girl. The magical girl, okay. Wait, um, do you still like PB&J sandwiches? Yeah. Oh, wow. You're like a nine-year-old. <laughs> it's a classic sandwich. You know, they say if you crave PB&J, it's a sign of low testosterone. Really? Where, where, where have you been reading your news? <laughs> From um, Anime Daily. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wasn't sure you knew. But, um, yeah. So, I guess Olga disappeared into the sun. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Disintegrated, gone. This week, for safety reasons, we're not having a guest because we can't deal with that drama. Yes, yeah. yes. It's exactly for safety reasons. Not because I tried to get a hold of maybe six different people and none of them could make it. It's uh, not because of that at all. <laughs> they Did they pass their background checks? Maybe that's what it is. It's the background check, folks. Man, you, it's so hard to get a gig these days because of these pesky background checks. Exactly. Oh, by the way, did um did Olga change our title? Did she cross out my name up there? What are you talking about? Um, I don't know if you saw the end of the last podcast, but she like messed oh, with our title. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Should should we fix that? Yeah, Let yeah. me give it a good whack here. Ugh. There we I go. I like how you're trying to add your own sound effects. So. Where's the horse? <laughs> <laughs> um. But, uh, Boyton, um, what have you been up to the past two weeks besides not coming to my aid, but whatever? Uh, past couple of weeks, uh, not a whole lot. Just, uh, picking up shifts at the bar and, um, yeah, I, I, oh, I saw the new trailer for Agent of Solitude. Oh, Agent of Solitude. It looks pretty intense. So what did you think of the trailer? I mean, the trailer looks hype. Yeah. There's a lot of cool effects in it. Mm -hmm. um, I really like the shot. There's like the fan 
in the hallway mm -hmm. and they lit it up that looked really cinematic i thought dude all the shots in that trailer looked man it, it was it was awesome like it, it looks like the closest thing to a blockbuster that wild dogs has mm -hmm. had right well at the last premiere maryland did say it was like their most blockbustered film yeah i mean um even the the cgi looked incredible with the buildings crum crumbling mm -hmm. i was like and also the um, the car rolling towards it oh, yeah that was good yeah i was like oh this is next level this is next level yeah you going to the premiere um yeah yeah i i already nice. uh Mark the uh, box saying I'm going. I already sent my uh, money through Venmo because there's special instructions mm -hmm. for this particular uh, premiere because there's going to be limited seating. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to go, you, you should get on that. Yeah. Oh, I already did. <laughs> yeah, I already, I'm yeah, talking to. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> to the to the rest of you guys. Yeah. Rest of you guys. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it looks really cool. And you're gonna um, be there. Yeah, I did. I I checked the box. I sent the fee you know yeah, yeah. so i'll be there How exciting right i know yeah and um mike the fred he looks freaking awesome in it and um the the actor that plays javier his name is jamil uh-huh and um he, he looks incredible we saw olga in that trailer as well yes yeah did you see with the glimpse of me i did see you yeah <laughs> i saw you running yeah yeah there you go so. I was running away from a vampire. I'm just kidding. Oh, no, okay. no, no vampires in this film. That would have been a good twist. Yeah. yeah. Mike the Fred, uh, he doesn't really go for much fantasy element. He he has made a vampire film in his old he he has, catalog. He made a, uh, Apocrypha. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he has kind of dipped his toes in a little bit of that. But most of his films are a little bit more rooted in reality. So... I yeah. think Apocalypse, whatever that name is, is, is a metal reference to some indie metal band, but I'm not sure. Is it really? I would, I would have to ask Fred about it. I read somewhere online that, like, one of the reviews for that film, someone was like, mentioned it. So I'm not sure what the backstory is, but. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Fred actually uh, sent me a message letting me know that he was actually surprised at how many metal. Uh, subgenres i knew i thought oh. i was kind of embarrassed because i didn't really know much about it but uh but i actually did better than i had anticipated see you you know more than you think you know yeah so yeah what about you what's what's your week been like my week's been good uh, i've been doing some of the cleanup of the effects on scorned waifu so that's looking good okay and what were, you, what were you talking about uh some of the effects uh some of the uh, like visual effects um there's some sound design i had to do because we got some new animation clips so i had to like do some sound design like a guy hits hits the ground so you have to put in the like impact okay got it and how much animation are we still waiting for I think we're about 80% there. Oh, we're, so we're, we're there. We're getting there. So it's very exciting. So are you thinking we're going to have a film release sometime early 2024? That's what I'm hoping for. Okay. We'll see how it goes. All right. <laughs> I started filming for Scorned Waifu in 2021, right? 
Yeah, so yes. waiting patiently. Waiting patiently. <laughs> It'll be worth the wait. Okay, good, good. But uh, pretty much most of the stuff that's your portion of the work mm -hmm. is done, right? Yep. And I, because I, I remember when we were waiting on uh, Sophie and the Serial Killers, we were waiting on the, the, the composer. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's always like a lot of these things that uh, you have to outsource that you have to wait for, right? Mm -hmm, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's tough when it's like out of your hands, and you're like. But you just kind of have to trust that the other person's doing their thing. Yeah, yeah. It's always fun when, like, you get, like, a new rough, rough like, a draft or, like, the finished clip. It's, yeah. it's kind of like, oh, it's like Christmas morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, you have all these crunches on the table. Oh, yeah. Is that something that we're going to get into? Why did you bring so many crunch? Uh, um, I wanted to try to drip taste one with the blood and see how it went since we're all into dipping candy into various drinks i'll do one without the blood how about that okay all right vampire all right, thor nice and bloody chocolate i just feel like there's a lot of sh sugar on top of, on top of sugar <laughs> with the blood juice and then the crunch <laughs> a lot of sugar <laughs> are you saying your roommate was a very uh sugar diet person he had the diabetes <laughs> <laughs> but it's not too bad with the blood kind of enhances the sweetness i will say crunch bars are one of my favorite chocolate um candies they are good so borton what would you say are the top indie film tropes in indie movies? What do you mean by that? I mean, is there any real trope to an indie film? I mean, they're all so different. <laughs> um, just like things you see. Like, I know there's like the obvious, like, usually it's like indie actors who are not famous. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the sound... Audio quality is not always the best on indie films. Oh, yeah. But... Yo, yo, I mean, there's this indie film that was just released. Um, and um, it involved some familiar faces. But, man. Um... Nothing brings down a film like bad <laughs> audio quality. Yeah, yeah, the audio in that film was absolutely horrendous. Yeah, and you know, and that that is like a cardinal sin in making film. I tell a lot of people this. I'm like, I know the the picture, what's in front of you, is very important, and what you see. But nothing destroys a film more than bad audio. You have to get, that's the bare bones of it. You have to get that part right because we can't hear the story. We, we can't, it, I don't know. What, what, do you, what do you think? No, um, one of my film teachers said that people are more forgiving of bad picture over bad audio. Yes. And what happens is a lot of film students think they invest all their money into the camera, but not the the audio side. Right. And 
it should be the other way around because our I don't know if our eyes see like kind of an out of focus shot, it's not as painful as hearing like garbled like yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So um, and, and you know what drives me crazy though is like, how can you release a film? Knowing that that audio is all messed up, you know, like, like, go the extra mile and get some ADR, do something to kind of salvage that portion of the film, because you can't really tell the story if we can't hear yeah. what you're saying. I mean, I'm a lot more forgiving. But look, I could listen to an audio book and follow a storyline just by hearing mm -hmm. the dialogue and everything like that. But there's no way I can do that if even if I'm watching something I mean you may as well be shot on you know a phone camera like this and mm -hmm. then you know you're getting the dialogue from a distance you know yeah it's just like what's the point I mean do you think they should still put out the film because we talk about how some films never get finished even if it has like they can't like they have to work with what they have you know what? If if they are a hundred percent sure that they're not going to try to fix the situation or get the ADR or any of it, right? If then, yeah, maybe you should put it out. But I don't understand why you would put all this work into a film and you wouldn't make it complete by just getting mm -hmm. the audio portion of it. It's just like you did all this other stuff already. Why destroy the film with one element? Mm -hmm. You know? Uh, it's probably because they don't realize how important the audio is. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of a um, novice mistake. Yeah. And I think that's what separates, like, the filmmakers who kind of know what they're doing from the ones who don't. Yeah. If your film has bad audio, it's... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I think it, and it's so important to have, like, a... A sound uh, boom operator who is very reliable as well you know and um, you know uh, to have a boom operator who has like a nice noise canceling headset mm -hmm. I mean uh, just so they know exactly what they're getting mm, exactly uh, I think that's the responsible thing to do I you know just in anything including the job that you have, you know, outside of the film industry, everything you do, you should take pride in your work and do it well. Mm -hmm. And when people are like half-assing things and just not taking any pride in their work, I'm like, why are you even doing this, you know? Yeah. I think one of the more cringy things is like when someone on social media is like, this is my masterpiece film. And then you listen to it and like the audio quality is not that good. And so it's like, what are you saying? This is like the best you'll yeah. ever be? Like, you, you're not going to improve on the next one? Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's like, and some of them, it's like, oh, it's not even synced up properly. <laughs> I mean, that I'm a little more forgiving if they ADR'd it, mm -hmm. and so the audio's queer, mm -hmm. because that's tough. Right, right. No, I agree, I agree. Like, I would rather have your audio sound good and have it be a little off-sync than have the crappy... Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You're right. You're right. But yeah, I've I've seen some horrendous I mean this same film that I'm talking about, it not only had like really poor audio, but really 
like ridiculously obviously bad green screen work <laughs> oh my goodness i'm like it's that's another element that's hard to do is green screen yeah yeah if you use it right it can help your film but if you're trying to recreate something like an actual real location that's a lot more tough here's what i think right if your film, and I can usually see this, if your film is supposed to be ridiculous, very tongue-in-cheek, silly, leave our brain at the door, just let's have some fun, right? Mm -hmm. If it is that kind of film, and it is quite obvious that that's what you are going for, then everything's forgiven. Silly green screen work, silly lines, silly, you know, like everything. I, I, I can't take it too seriously and I'll just try to enjoy it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it's usually pretty obvious when they are trying to do that, right? But sometimes I see some of these films, you can tell that they were trying to make a serious film by giving it a serious plot, mm -hmm. but it falls flat because... It doesn't even have any silly redeeming qualities. It's just so bad that it's bad. Yeah. It, it is actually funny when you kind of watch it over and over again with how bad it is. But, but I can tell by the dialogue and the way that it's written, this person in their head thought this was going to be it's a serious, serious like, you know, captivating film. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I've seen people, like, label grindhouse films right in the past like i knew a guy he said this is a grindhouse film and grindhouse films are usually like so obvious it's super over the top campy acting mm -hmm. plus it's overly violent with ridiculous looking violence and over overly sexualized so there's a lot of nudity so all these things you could just tell oh you're trying to look and sound campy you're trying to is supposed to look ridiculous and then you just go on for the ride of your life and it's it's a lot of fun right mm -hmm. but i saw this guy who said his film is a grindhouse film but the way it was written it just took itself serious the entire time and then it just ended up looking horrible like like the violence wasn't good it wasn't over sexualized people weren't even trying to sound campy uh -huh. they were actually trying to sound like they're good they're, it it sucks when they are trying to do good acting but it's horrible acting yeah 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 it's tough to do like an actually like serious film because like your actors have to be on your script has to be on and like the way it's filmed has got to be on, so it's a, it's a little easier to do the campy vibe. Yeah. That lends itself more to kind of like a low-budget yeah, type yeah. of film. But, um, yeah, it's like if Agent of Solitude, they had goofy one-liners or something like... Mm -hmm. it, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, Agent of Solitude looks like a serious film. Yes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see it. It looks good, but um, another indie film trope I would say is bad stock music. Oh yeah, like sometimes they use the stock music that's only like twenty seconds long and it, or five seconds long, and it's, it goes in a constant loop. 
Yeah, um, there was a movie I watched recently where there was this party scene, and the, the stock music was like five seconds of just like this violin. So it just sounded really funny because they were trying to like have a serious like fancy party, but then they just heard like the same music. <laughs> I think I know what movie you're talking about. I think that's kind of the one we were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like the thing with stock music is that it's kind of repetitive by nature, mm. and if like that's what you're going for, like you're like in the scene, I want the audience to feel like mm -hmm. they're going crazy because they're just hearing the same thing over and over so like you can do it because like in filmmaking there are no rules mm -hmm. which is the cool thing about it so sometimes if you want a bad piece of music you can do it if that's the intention right right but yeah i think also in that movie there was like this guitar riff that was five seconds long <laughs> but it was just so, it's so funny because it's just like dur, 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 dur. it's like the, the same whole time thing. right yeah, the whole time. yeah but um god that movie was awful <laughs> <laughs> i hope they use it as a wording experience like hopefully no no the, trust me some people they don't even realize some people have so such they don't understand how they are being perceived like in this person's head i know he's thinking like oh this is a masterpiece this is my story this is I mean, I maybe they feel that way right now, but I'm hoping in a few months they can see their film and be like, oh, maybe I can improve the audio yeah, quality yeah. here. Yeah. Or yeah. the acting. Yeah. Yeah, so... Because, you know, we, we all see what's, what can be done with a smaller budget if, you know, people are... Because we know a ton of people here that work with a much tighter budget. Uh, and... But they don't, but they're not like um, overlooking a bunch of things for the sake of this or the sake of that. Yeah. They 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 go, they work with everything from the inside out. So that means nothing from the inside. Everything is going to look like th that it was taken care of as it goes through the outside. Mm -hmm, you, know you know what I mean? mean? It's hard to explain, but yeah, no, like no stones unturned type yeah. of deal. Because, like, my earlier projects had bad sound quality, but that's kind of how yeah, I Yeah, I mean, those yeah. are your student projects and stuff like that. But, man, I, I so, but some of these ones I've been seeing, it's, like, I can tell, like, there, there was a lot of work put into it, but the work wasn't put into the right thing. Yeah. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Yeah. And, yeah, I guess there are some filmmakers out there who just kind of make the same shrock over and over again, but... yeah. Well, and then, so, like, being out here, especially in the Bay Area, after you've worked with, like, a couple handfuls of, like, uh, indie filmmakers, you you kind of get a feel for um, who's doing what and how they're doing it. And um, that's how you kind of base your decisions on whether you want to continue working with them or not. Like, now, like, for example, your films, right? Your films are super out there. Mm -hmm. But the intention of your films is to be so super out there. It's yes. Like, like, like undeniable, like just over the top fantasy type, uh, type of plots, right? Mm -hmm. So it's obvious. But like, um, you know, you even said when you were a student filmmaker, you were trying to get the Jonas fight, <laughs> Jonas Brothers to fight Selena Gomez, like. 
it's it's like things like that you know but in your head you know this is crazy <laughs> that's the point it's yeah but that's what makes it fun right that's what makes it fun for me is yeah, like, yeah. um kind of bringing these crazy ideas to like and pikachu making making you dump i got let me ask you this when you were dumping chocolate syrup all over yourself like in your parents garage or whatnot <laughs> yeah did you i mean were, were were your parents not pissed about that <laughs> uh i don't think they do they were out of the house oh okay so yeah you just cleaned it up right after. i mean we had newspaper on the ground so we, we clean up after okay, ourselves okay, <laughs> all right all right yeah, i was just thinking i was like man because the chocolate syrup is so sticky and messy Oh, it is. But uh, <laughs> at least it's, you know, you can look yourself, you taste good. Oh, God. <laughs> well, let's see. What are other indie film tropes we can think of? Um, I feel like the dream sequence is one that's kind of used. Uh, yeah, I, I I did that in one of my films. I used a little dream sequence. Well, what were you, what are you talking about? Can you give me uh, like anything specific you could think of on the top of your head? Um, they use, in a lot of indie horror, they like to use the dream sequence, which is like, kind of annoys me sometimes. Cause like they'll show the main character gets killed, but then they just wake up and they're like, oh, I was dreaming. And so, um, that's like one of the pitfalls is like, don't do that. Cause it's been done a lot of times in like horror films and like mm -hmm. the dream sequence but um the dream sequence can also be very cool if used in the right way but um can you give me an example an example um if it's like can you think of like a movie that did it well um i'm trying to think and Scorn Waifu, I think I did it well. Oh, okay, all right, all right. I guess what well, people have to wait and see. But if you use it in like a creative way, mm -hmm. the only ones that come to mind are like the horror movie ones. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I think Drag Me to Hell had one. Mm -hmm. I didn't see that. Was that a good movie? Drag Me to Hell, that was pretty good. Wasn't that like a really like fast paced one? Or no, maybe I'm thinking of a different one. Um, fast paced. I mean, no, no, wait, maybe not. I don't know. Um, it's the one with like the old gypsy that like curses the girl. Okay, yeah, I don't, I don't think okay, I've seen that one. That was a long time ago, huh? I think it's two thousand and eight. Okay, got it. Um, maybe uh, sometime around there. Yeah. But um, a lot of another bad dream sequences is when people use it at the end of their movie like oh the whole movie was just a dream yeah and you're like well then what was the point yeah yeah if the whole thing it was a dream then it can be but you know i, th I feel like they did that a lot like in the 80s and mm -hmm. like the 90s right mm -hmm. I, I think that 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 like trope was kind of used to death you know mm -hmm. that's why i think it but it was really cool when like um nightmare on elm stream uh El elm Str nightmare on elm street with freddy krueger i mean he can't he bursts into the scene and he's just haunting everybody in their dreams and killing them mm -hmm. and then like the thing with him is like sometimes it was quite obvious you're in the dream and when you think they're out of the dream they're still dreaming yeah. you know so that was that type of thing 
That ties into the movie, though, so... Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Um, our indie film tropes. Um, a lot of people seem to stick with the wide or master shots, I've noticed, in indie films. I don't know if that's because they don't get their coverage, mm-hmm. or if the editor is lazy and is just like, I'll just stick with this uh, wide shot here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean the, I, and this I'm a, I'm gonna I'm gonna straight up say this like I mean like I've worked with so many filmmakers out here. After I'm done shooting with them for that day, I'm like, nope, we didn't get any coverage. Oh no, we did yeah. not get enough coverage. I'm like, what are you, what are, what are you doing, man? Like. I don't get it. You, they didn't get close-ups of all the actors. They didn't get, uh, they didn't even get just shots of the opposite actors reacting. They're they they might be using one master shot and then using one close-up for one of the actors. I mean, like it, you could you just get the sense you're like, because you're you're counting the shots in your head, mm-hmm. and you're thinking, this guy did not get enough coverage. And it's not going to be a good movie without enough coverage. Yeah. There was um, one indie film I watched recently where one of the characters, he walks into a hotel room because, like, the back of the door has, like, the emergency exit. Like, very obviously a hotel room. Right. And then he's like, this is my house. (laughs) But, like, it's like, look, you could have made this work. Mm-hmm. If you if you had some creative framing, like you show like a close up of him coming in through the door, right, and then you don't like show the obvious hotel stuff, right, right. But it's just really funny. I, I don't know if I, it was just he said, he said, "This is my house." Yeah. <laughs> 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 You can see, like, you know, they have a little, like, um, plastic thing on the table. Right. The... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, look, getting coverage is so important. The more coverage you have, the more you'll have to work. With. Look, I'm not a filmmaker or, like, editor or anything, but even I've worked on, on enough films to tell you that the best films I've been on have a ton of coverage has a decent amount of B-roll. They get a lot of inserts on the important shots for the inserts that are, like, integral to the story of them grabbing something, you know? But, like, like the more you have to work with, the the more, the better the storytelling will be and a better experience the viewers will have because they'll, they'll, they'll feel like they're front and center of the, everything that's happening. It's also important to get your close-ups because that's where also you get your best yes. audio too. Yes. So um, a technique you can do in editing is if you have a faraway shot and you know the boom, mi- boom mic's far away, you can take the audio from the close-up and dub over the wide shot. Yep. You can do that or you could, um, for all of your wide shots, you could use lapel mics. I mean... Um, mm-hmm. That's how Mike the Fred uh, does a whole bunch of shots. Like when he's having 
people out out in the distance, uh, you know, talking to each other while they're walking down the beach or something like that. They're, mm-hmm. They got their lapel mics because you don't, especially like if you're doing guerrilla shooting and you're in a public place, mm-hmm. you, you're not going to want to have a boom mic following you around. No, a boom mic is like can signal yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. making a movie yeah. pretty quickly. Exactly. And those lapel mics. They give you good sound. <laughs> it's like right here. But um, I do remember when I did a scene in the Long Street. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. When we were in the uh, casino, I had to ADR all of my lines um, in that scene. Well, there was a scene, right? I think we were over at New York, New York. It's when Nose was eating a hot dog. Mm-hmm. And I find him. And I'm like, what? you know, what the hell you been doing? out? I'm out here hustling and you're eating a hot dog and you're eating it nude. You need some mustard on that bitch. But that's what I said to him. Uh-huh. But it, uh, the lapel mic didn't pick up any of it. So I don't know what happened. Maybe um, the receiver was being blocked by something. I don't know if it was the tape or if it was like a piece of my shirt, but it didn't pick it up very well. So later, later on, I had to ADR that part. So sometimes you could have some technical difficulties with it, but when your lapel mic picks, it does have clear sound. It It sounds good. It it sounds better than the boom mic. I mean, yeah, because the boom mic, you know, you have to kind of make sure it's out of the shot. So sometimes it's not the it's not picking up as much as the lapel mic that's right next to you. So Mm -hmm. yeah, would you say that as well? Um, there's advantages to the mics, but uh, there's also disadvantages sometimes because i think michael does he keep them running the whole time or do you stop um i think he keeps them running as long as we're in that scene once that scene (laughs) is up he will temporarily turn them off because that can be a bit hassle to sync in post if you have this big yeah audio file because it's annoying because like once you have the mic hidden you don't want to have to like let me stop the mic Okay. Yeah. And yeah, because yeah. you don't want to mess with it. So sometimes you just keep it hot, yeah. even when um, you're between takes. And yeah, yeah. Um, well, he doesn't he doesn't uh, turn it off between takes. Yeah, it, it stays running until we the get through done. the scene. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's sometimes you just have to trust that it will work because you don't know if like mm-hmm. something happened. <laughs> yeah. Did we even clap? Did you clap before we started recording? I did. Oh, you did. Okay. I was like, I don't remember. Because I was out there. You were out there. You know, it's funny because uh, Thor told me that we're going to do this sequence where you saw that he was covering himself with a black umbrella. Oh, yeah. Right. I was blocking out the sun because yeah. we're filming during the day today. Yeah, because he's supposed to be like a vampire now, right? So uh, he said, so step outside and then walk in and pretend like you're, you, you catch me with myself covering myself with an umbrella. And I was like, Wait, are are you gonna shoot the entire time with covering yourself with the umbrella? <laughs> I just can you imagine? I was like, this is gonna look weird. I was like, it's gonna look like I'm talking to myself or talking to this umbrella. I was like, I was like, do you do you really have to stay that committed to this vampire character? And then, of course, that Thor started laughing like crazy because because how ludicrous that. He's so funny, though. 
You're like, it kind of defeats the point of a video podcast if you just put up this umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> I get, but I was thinking, of like, but then again, I was like, does he really want people to think he's a vampire? Because he has to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. But yeah. Um, but it, so we we uh, talked about like uh, the film industry a little bit. Let's let's uh, go into the food segment of the podcast a little bit. Okay. So w- we're talking about like top five like whatever uh, burgers uh-huh. last time. D- did we ever get into a pizza conversation? Um, I don't think we've talked about let's pizza. Talk let's about, talk about like, like top five uh, chains. So like top five chains. Okay. I would say a Little Caesars has to be on the list. Little Squeezers? <laughs> little Squeezers. So one of my uh, old co-workers used to call it Little Squeezers because he said he always gets the runs after he eats Little Caesars. Maybe that was just his thing. But doesn't Little Caesars use, like, fake cheese? I think it's real now. Okay. <laughs> um, I can't believe you're putting Little Caesars up there. That's number five, but... Because what I will give Riddle Caesars is they do, like, wacky pizza concepts. Well, the only thing I give Little Caesars is it's 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 so cheap that you... I mean, you cannot complain about a $5 hot and ready type pizza. You know what I mean? It's just, like, you get what you pay for. It's not supposed to be, like, gourmet. It's great for, especially, like, film sets. You can buy uh-huh. a whole bunch of them for the cast and crew. And it's it's a pretty low price, yeah. Well, sometimes that's a danger side if you show up to a film set and it's just Little Caesars a stack. Yeah, yeah. I've seen many sets with the stacks of Little Caesars. It happens frequently. And then then you know you're working with a low budget film, but um, <laughs> which is all we work with. But um, have you had their like uh, pepperoni stuffed crust, where they put the pepperoni and cheese in the crust? It's no, I haven't tried that. You know what I was thinking of? Um, I was thinking of back in the days, Pizza Hut. They had the stuffed crust, and then you used to deep, I mean, dip the crust inside the marinara. Yeah. So keep going. Uh, and then they had this like um, I don't know. If, did you ever have the calzone? That was like they tried the calzones. Like, they had this pizza called the calzone. Oh, it's called the calzone. And it's like a fusion between a normal pizza and a calzone. So like in the center was the normal pizza, but then oh, it had that big old bubble thing. Yeah, I always thought that looked weird. It looked weird. It wasn't bad. It was pretty good. Okay, all right. And then have you had the pretzel pizza, <laughs> the pretzel crust, the famous? I haven't. Okay. Oh. Um, they brought it back, and it was better because they made it less salty this time. So okay, because when it first came out, it was a very salty pizza. Okay, but I think they improved. Wait, this is all under Little Caesars? Yeah, this is like <laughs> you know their entire catalog. Okay, keep going. I, I like this that you know so much about Little Caesars. <laughs> um, yeah, I think those are like their famous, like the pretzel pizza and the calzone were like the two like weird. Okay. Pizza ideas, and then what? How do you feel about their crazy, crazy bread? bread, 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 bread. Uh, you know, it, when you get the crazy, crazy bread, bread, like fresh, mm-hmm. and you have some marinara sauce, that's when you eat it. But the longer you let it sit, and it starts getting more room temperature, then gets cold. 
then the crazy, crazy bread pizza is not that good anymore. But like a fresh, fresh crazy, crazy bread, bread is, is pretty, pretty good. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, would you ever have Little Caesars or Pizza Hut? Oh, Pizza Hut. Although I haven't had Pizza Hut in a while, right? And I will say, as much as I still do like Pizza Hut, it's nothing like the way it used to be. Like, mm -hmm. like do you remember, like, Michael Fredinelli brought this up, and I almost forgot about this, that they used to serve Pizza Hut pizza, like the personal size pizza, they used to serve it in a cast iron pan. Do you remember that? Yeah. Dude, it was, and the crust was just... It was kind of like it had this buttery and crispy. It was just, oh, oh. it was so good. Yeah. Did you, did you ever have the uh, pizza rollers they had back in like 2010 or something? Pizza rollers? I'm not familiar with that one. Okay, okay they're like little pizza rolls that you would dip in the sauce. Oh, you know, I, I think I remember those. Yeah, yeah. Those were pretty good. Okay. What was so you asked me, Little Caesars or Pizza Hut? What would, what would be your pick? Um, it's tough. It depends if Pizza Hut's on their game or not. Because I've had good pizzas from Pizza Hut and then not so good. I mean, the same with Little Caesars too. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, I'm actually surprised that you're putting Little Caesars at one of the top one uh, top places because there's a lot of people that don't like Little Caesars. I, I know, but. I give them some props for their weird pizza innovation. Okay, you okay. you like just wacky, zany type stuff, even with food, right? Yes. Okay, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Okay, um, I'd probably put a round table up there. Round table's pretty good. Numero uno. That's your number one. Round table pizza. Okay. Now it is one of the more expensive <laughs> pizzas, but man, round table makes a solid tasting pizza, man. Oh. I love their um their bread their twist breadsticks. Okay, okay I those never are get good those. too. So round table, what I do once a week, I'll, I'll like go crazy because uh, the other day I went there and I decided I'm going to eat one meal today. Oh, just right. one. Yeah, yeah, just one meal. But it wasn't just pizza. No, no breakfast, no lunch. No, no breakfast. I mean, it was lunch. It was no breakfast, no dinner. Oh, okay. So I went there, and I got their. Um, so they have this deal. Um, you know how they have a salad bar at some yes. some round. I don't know if the all round tables have them, but like the round table that I go to has a salad bar. So um, the salad bar is. Um, I think it's five ninety nine. No, no, it's ten ninety nine or something like that. Uh, for one trip, they'll allow you to stack your salad place plate as much as you want for one trip, right? And then they'll a uh, personal pan size pizza for like I think together combined it was like eighteen or eighteen or nineteen bucks, right? Uh huh. And so I I, I stacked my plate of salad like this high and you know i put beets in there i put all sorts of like uh i put potato salad macaroni salad i put regular salad and all the little fixings and then i got a uh personal size pepperoni pizza and dude that 
that one meal was good for the entire day because I think that was mm. I, I must uh, ate. 25 to 3,000 calories just in that one oh. sitting just because I stacked that salad so high sounds intense yeah, yeah it what? was intense and it was, it was it was really good anyway sorry what do you think of mountain mics have you been there mountain mics is good because they're one of the few pizza places where you could get the mountain size I mean because a lot of these other uh, pizza places they say they have an x large pizza right None of those X-Large pizzas come even close to the, the mountain, mountain size. size. <laughs> mountain size is insane. Like, the thing that's great about the mountain size pizza is, like, you have one or two slices of the mountain size since it, the uh, the diameter is a lot wider. Uh-huh. Just a couple slices of the, those are, like, equivalent to, like, four slices of, like, um X large or large pizza. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, bang for your buck. I mean, Mountain Mike's is good. But as far as taste goes, I still give it to Round Table. So, could you eat a mountain size pizza all in one sitting? No. no. <laughs> Dude, are you. Oh my God. No, no. I. That would probably. If you gave me like three days, I think I could get through a mountain, mountain size pizza. pizza. Oh, okay. But in a single sitting? Are you kidding me? No, no. Yeah, if I really tried hard, maybe two days. Okay. Two days? Maybe. But, you know, but a large pizza, like, round table, just a regular large pizza, I could probably eat that by myself in one day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like Mountain Mike's. I think their pepperoni, they have, like, the little... Yeah, the smaller yeah, pepperonis. The yeah. yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think of Pizza My Heart? They're, they're like by the slice, so they're a little yeah. different. I haven't had pizza in my heart for a while, but they're just okay to me. Like, what do I you, feel think? Like some, you think? Sometimes they're a little saucy. I don't know if it's like they put too much sauce on, but um, I like the like slice concept because you can like get what you want or mix it up. Mm -hmm. But it's... I feel like it's trying to be like a New York pizza, but it's not quite at that level. Yeah, if you're gonna be a New York pizza, like, cause Pizza My Heart, what they like toss it in the um, that little oven thing. Um, they slide it in by the slice and then they take it out, right? right. Mm -hmm. But a new to me, a, if I'm going to have a New York slice, I want it to be like flopping when you pick it up, so you actually have to fold it in half and eat it and yes. i want grease to be dripping right off of it and for you know what i'm saying there's a good like um local pizza place in san jose called b bill's pizza and they like nail that new york yeah slice where you like can fold it yeah exactly but pizza my heart's not like that i feel like the top of it kind of feels like a new york pizza mm -hmm. but i want that flop floppy mm -hmm. dough you know exactly. what i'm saying like that's what i think makes a new york pizza a new york pizza and then in san francisco there's a pizza place called zaw pizza that also did the new york slice pretty good it's called za pizza yeah za za pizza good good okay what are some um not chains but local pizza spots that are around this area if you've been to any that are good 
You know, I don't go to too many pizza spots out here. I usually only order from Round Table. Mm -hmm. Every once in a while, I'll get Domino's. Okay. Domino's is yeah, good. you know in the last few years, uh I think it was like maybe seven seven, six years ago, I think the quality of Domino's got in, a lot better. Like I think back in the days they used to use like fake cheese and they weren't very good, but um, oh, I think they're pretty they're, they're pretty now. solid yeah. now, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, actually, we actually got Domino's when we were in LA shooting. Okay. So and we got they had this dessert that was like a mix between the brownie and cookie. The brookie, I think yeah, we were the brownie and it. cookie. It's just funny. I thought you were going to talk about pizza and you start talking about brownie and cookie. Well, it was funny because I was ordering it and I lean over to Cheryl Quinn. And I'm like, should I get this brownie cookie dessert? And she's like, yell, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Do you, uh... <laughs> so, I... If if you were to, I know, like have a educated guess on, because it seems like you you like um, sweets, right? But it seems like you also like savory quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Which one do you like better? I feel like you tend to be on the sweet side. Um, it depends on like the mood, I guess. The mood, but okay. like sweet, you can't usually go too wrong with unless you go like overboard. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, for me, um, I can't frequently eat sweets. Like, that piece of crunch, which I loved, is probably good for almost the rest of the day. Mm, okay. Sometimes I like to have, uh, like, something small and sweet at the end of, it, like, a really, like, savory dinner or something. Maybe just a little bit of something. Uh, there was, yeah. um, I went to this burger place a few days ago called like splat burger mm -hmm. it's like a food truck and they gave you they give you like a little gummy a burger gummy for every burger you order so it's like you get a little dessert okay <laughs> but it was pretty good um because they like really smashed it so you got that like crispy mm -hmm. like um the crispy meat around the edge of the burger so yeah yeah so yeah, do you like the smash style? Of oh, burger? dude, it's it. Yeah, yeah, smash style burgers are good. I mean, you know, you know, I just became familiar with them within like the last few years. I never really oh, okay. tried a smash burger until until recently. So, uh, was it at the smash burger? Chain? It wasn't. It wasn't at the smash burger chain, but I forgot where I tried it. But it, it was the same style, mm -hmm. though. Yeah, yeah super good. good. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah, have you had any um, dessert pizzas? I'm not really into that stuff, man. Yeah, yeah, why? What are you into? Um, so when I go up to Oregon to visit my grandma, um, me and our the cousins, we go to this pizza place called Angelina's. Mm -hmm. And they have a s'mores pizza dessert. A s'mores pizza dessert. So it's like they take a pizza crust and then they put like the little marshmallows on it. And then sprinkle it with like the graham cracker. And then they also put the little like oh, Hershey's and they put it in the oven. And then it's like, oh my goodness, topped with a little chocolate drizzle. Oh, it's pretty bomb. <laughs> I mean, you do have to be in the mood for it because it is pretty rich. Yeah, I. I don't know if I could do that, bro. 
you know, you know, here, here's the, the thing. Like, I, I do think that it would probably taste good and the texture would be cool. I mean, but I can only do like really sweet things in small increments. So my girlfriend, um, she ordered like uh, some, you know, there's like these like specialty cookies now. They're like, they're like $5 per cookie or something like that, right? I think it was a, through a company called Crumble or something like that. Oh, Crumble cookies? Yeah, okay, yeah. So she ordered me, it was um, it was a peanut butter chocolate chip cookie, right? And in my head, that just sounds kind of normal. But when she brought, uh, when I picked it up from her um, at her workplace, it was like a pretty thick cookie and it was about that big. <laughs> and this cookie was the most dynamic tasting cookie I've ever had in my life. Like, Ooh. like it was crunchy in the right spots. It was soft in the right spots. It was packed with flavor, but it took me three different sittings to finish it. I, I ate it in thirds throughout the day because it's just the, the taste is pretty intense. Mm -hmm. It's very rich. And if you don't have that type, like if you're like me and you can only handle that, that type of taste and like, incrementally in small quantities then you know it might take a while for you to get through one of these cookies but it's definitely worth a try but again that's that's the thing with like dessert type foods it it um it it's not something that i can eat a lot of exactly although i will say i could i could go go at it with a pint of ice cream yeah like ice cream is just one of those things that's just so easy to eat it's almost like drinking something because it just melts in your mouth. So, yeah. Next time we'll have to rank best ice cream places. Okay. Well, I don't know that many of them. So well, we have time to yeah. think about it. Yeah. So, um, but I think we're gonna go on break. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you shortly. <laughs> And uh, Boyton, do you think I should bring the umbrella in and have it <laughs> for the rest of the episode? Yeah, yeah, that, that'll be really fun for the viewers. Yeah, just disappear. Just yeah, disappear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can I can ADR myself from home the rest of the podcast. Yeah, well, there you go. But um, I wanted to give a shout out to Nina who um, had some questions for me. That's right. Um, Nina's one of my friends. I used to work with her at this uh, wedding resort. Actually, it was a golf course slash wet wedding venue. And uh, I was bartender there and she was a server there during the time. And uh, uh, when I brought up acting, you know, she said she wants to see my movies. I gave her a DVD. You know, usually people, from my experience, they take the DVD and they never watch it. Mm -hmm. But not only did she watch it, but then she continued to watch all of my films. And then she started watching this podcast uh, as yes. soon as it popped up. So Nina has been a great friend, great supporter, and um, also like a super fan, which is awesome. And yeah, and I see she also comments on the uh, the YouTube videos, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. But um, she had some questions. And uh, yeah, if anyone has any questions you want us to like 
answer, you can always leave us a comment or yeah, a message. Absolutely. But um, she wanted to know how I got into production or why I did. And I think I just kind of fell into it because, like, when you make, when you want to make, like, a film, you kind of have to, like, figure this stuff out because how else are you going to do it, right? And then she also asked if I had any other productions besides the early short films, and I do. I have a feature film called Sophie and the Serial Killers that's on Tubi or Amazon Prime that you can check out. I probably would recommend starting with that one. Uh, there's also a short film called Zozo. Let's play Spirit Board. Um, that one's a bit more hokey. But yeah, I'd recommend you check out Sophie and the Serial Killers. That's the one I would send you to. And so, yeah, thanks for uh, your questions, Nina. And if you have any more, always feel free to shoot them our way. We're happy to answer them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so, um, yeah, it's interesting because, let me see. Like, after I finished film school, I got, like, a corporate job. And um, it was a little depressing because they treated me like I didn't know anything about like video equipment like I remember one of the like the producers the, the boss lady she was like here's the camera here's how you turn on the camera you press this button to record and it's like um I know <laughs> I know what's going on here you don't have to like explain it to me but I felt like they like very like babied me and they would like any time we were on like a corporate shoot, she'd be like, just um, stand there and observe what we do and maybe you can learn. <laughs> and so, yeah, I was, I was really bored out of my mind. Did you tell her that you already have well, experience being on camera? I tried and I was like, do you need any help with anything? But she'd always be like, oh, we got it. Just uh, kind of observe and learn. And it was awkward because there's um, some days like I'd finish my work and I'd be like, do you need any help with anything else? And they'd be like, we're good. And then I was like, can I go home? And they're like, nah, we need you to be here so it looks like you're working if you ever want to get promoted. And so you can just kind of sit there and think about ways of how to like organize our files. Yeah. And so it just felt really weird because I would have to like sit there till five. And just be like browsing Facebook or whatever to like try to pass the time. Yeah. And then I'd be like going home in the traffic. But corporate gigs are so boring. I mean, like, you know, I, I work a lot of uh, corporate events mm -hmm. um, at, at my venue as a bartender. But a lot of these corporate gigs, uh, I mean, those, these uh, events have videographers all over the place and the things that they're getting i know they're getting paid but like man i see what they're doing and what they're getting footage of i'm like oh this looks so boring dude like it's usually pretty like simple because they just set up the camera yeah. in one spot and it's like they're doing like an interview or yeah. like a product demo exactly so it's not like they have to change the camera a bunch or yeah and and i see what they're recording because i'm like you know right in front of it just waiting at the bar until uh the bar opens up and the subject matters unless you're in the field that they're in it just sounds like a bunch of 
gibberish. It's just, it's boring. It'll put you to sleep. I'm like, oh, I, like time moves like a snail when you're in front of with these things. I'm just, I don't, I don't know how these guys do it, but of course it's a job you get paid for. Yeah. Right? And so, yeah, um, I would say that job, it kind of like drained <laughs> my passion because I would just go home and I would just be so tired from like not doing anything. But um, and then eventually, like, there was a bunch of layoffs that happened. So I got laid off. Mm -hmm. And then I decided to try to start like a YouTube channel. And so that was kind of filled with some wacky ideas. You've, you've seen the dance video. That was one of them. Oh, yeah, I am. And um, I wanted to do like a Let's Play series because that was kind of popular at the time. Mm -hmm. And looking back, I was I was totally trying to jump on a bandwagon, which, <laughs> but it, it was all good. So um, I did auditions for like because I wanted to have like this old man because I wanted because I was like going to be like the gamer, and then we were going to have this old man who didn't know anything about games and like see his funny reactions to the games, and that's the idea. So I auditioned a few old guys, and then that, that's how I met Joe. He auditioned for the thing and like he didn't have any experience with video games so i was like okay I, I remember the episode i did with him the, this will be a good match because like it'll be funny because he won't know like what's happening and it'll be interesting to see if he can play these games but um yeah i didn't know at the time like how good his like <laughs> reaction skills were yeah but so i we did that and so like um the very first episode, the first episode was terrible, by the way, don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So with the second episode, that's when we brought on the ideas of having a little intro skit. What is this thing? It's just an orb that I got at a, at a garage sale. I really think it's going to help me with my gaming skills. Uh, which garage sale did you go to exactly? Just the Prussian Brennerberg Castle. They had so many good deals. Uh, were there any, like, disclaimers with this thing? Uh, I think there was something about shadows chasing you after it or something. And so, that was kind of funny, because, um, as you notice, this, each episode, the skit kind of got longer and more and more involved. Mm -hmm. And I think that was kind of, like, rekindling my passion for, like, filmmaking. Okay. And, uh, yeah, we decided to also bring on the guests to kind of help inject some some life into the episodes and so that's that's how i met you i think yeah. the first time yeah i mean it did help when you started having guests because i mean joe by himself is very i he's, mean he's hard to to play off of too like, yeah yeah he doesn't react much to anything mm -hmm. he just kind of he says like a couple of things <laughs> like he doesn't say much at all like and um it's very kind of matter of fact it doesn't lend to comedy or anything it just kind of yeah so i mean i guess you really did get like an an old man reaction to it you know what i mean <laughs> and so yeah i think that's yeah that's the first time i met you and what did you think, like, when, how did Joe, like, bring it up to you, is my question. What did you think of it when you first heard of it? You know, um, I thought it was an interesting concept. I was just like, you know, just, 
like a playthrough video game type thing. But I also know in something like that is the personalities that are in front of the camera really matter because, you know, you're just doing something off the top of your head. So I feel like as actors, as anybody that's doing anything in front of the camera, there has to be a consideration for the people that are watching it. So the people that are involved have to at least put an effort to try to be entertaining, funny, or, or have some sort of like pageantry that's involved with whatever type of uh, genre this might be. And it's a it was a very specific type. And I think it was smart that you decide to bring on guests because I don't think somebody like Joe is, I mean, you give him, if you give him a script to follow, then he'll try to follow it. But this is more like there's a little bit of improv involved, but I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just something that needs a little bit of help. You know what I yeah. mean? Is that a urinal? <laughs> So, I mean, I'm thankful we did it because that's how uh, we had you as a guest. We had, that's how I met Kathy. Believe in the crystal and the crystal will believe in you. Wow. Whatever. Let's do this. Um, that's how I met Olga. So, are you joining my dancing league? I'm sorry, but that's lame. Only dancers move to sound energy. You're saying that dancing is lame? Yeah, you kind of, kind of like how you met so many people that ended up being on your film. Uh, yeah, so like it, I'm glad it happened because it kind of was essential in my journey and sure. like re, rekindling the passion. Okay, what do you think this game is going to be about? Uh, about beautiful women. <laughs> <laughs> That's good for you, right? Yeah. And so for the 13th episode, I was like, let's just make like the skit, like the whole, the whole episode. And so that's how um, Zozo, the short film, kind of came to life. And that was a lot of fun to film because we had like almost all of the guests mm -hmm. like in it. And yeah, it was very, it was very goofy, but yeah, I it was very hokey. hokey. <laughs> um, when we were filming the beach scene uh joe actually got like knocked into the ocean oh dude, he fell in huh? he fell in, he like got knocked over by a wave and i just was like i was filming him and i was like shoot should i like stop recording and uh -huh. like make sure he's okay but i was still like filming and he like got up and i was like okay i'm just gonna keep rolling yeah yeah, yeah. i mean because he's already in there he he, yeah so he was it, like yeah. he wasn't supposed to get like entirely soaked mm -hmm. but that was like kind of a crazy thing yeah and, but he was okay, right? Yeah, he was good. He like stayed committed. Uh -huh. I'll, I'll give him. Yeah, I'll give yeah. Joe props for that. Yeah, for, yeah. Like, being in the moment. Mm -hmm. I think after he filled it, he's like, "Tell me you got that shot." <laughs> <laughs> but um, so yeah, after Zozo, that's when, cause Zozo was like about forty minutes. 
Yeah, it was, so only I was like, like 50, 40 minutes, something like that. I, I feel ready for a feature. And so I was going to make a sequel to like Zozo. So I think I wrote about like two thirds of that script. But then, I don't know, I wasn't quite feeling with it. Like it kind of felt like I was just kind of like doing the same thing. And that it was a little too horror tropey, I would say. Mm -hmm. So um, I think I wanted to do something like that's never been done before, something kind of crazy for my first feature. Cause I'm like, if I only make one, let's just go out there and like be, <laughs> be really ambitious. Yeah. And so that's where I started writing Sophie and the Serial Killers. Yeah. And that movie is woo, crazy, crazy production. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you don't know, um, we had, I did auditions for it. So I casted some people I knew and then some new people who auditioned. And I remember you and Fred helped me with the casting. Yeah, we did the auditions at the library. Yes. Yeah. And um, that was cool because uh, I met Mary Bell and Emmy there. That was funny because they knew each other. Yeah. And they were like, oh. I hope you do a good job. Yeah, it was kind of uh, cool. But, um, let's see. The lead actress, just give me a random girl's name that we can use for her. Um, let's call her Martha. Martha, okay. So we casted Martha as the lead. And then, uh, for the Princess of Calamity, we only had about, like, um, three people audition. So it was kind of that situation where I had the cast who was the best. Mm -hmm. And, um, he did a pretty good job. Like, he's, I could tell he wasn't as expressive as he could have been. But, you know, with what he was working with, I'll give him a pass. But, uh, so, Marfa was pretty good at first. Um, and what is she doing? She looks like a demon worshiper. So, are you going to take her out with the handgun used earlier? No, I, I don't kill women. Wait. What? But isn't she an evil demon worshipping murderer? Yeah, but I only kill men, okay? I kill men to protect women. If I start killing women, what does that make me? You men and your codes. So what are you supposed to do? Just go up and start talking to her? She fit the, the character well, and um, I think she was kind of nervous like the first day because she was like an hour late, and I think she thought the... It was like a bigger production than it was. But as we went throughout the production, she kind of became more flaky. So like there are some times she'd be like, oh, I can't make it to the shoot day because I got booked for like another gig. And usually I'll forgive that once or twice because I know like sometimes you might get a really good paying gig or something, a really good opportunity might have come up. So once or twice, I get it. But um, it started happening like almost four times in a row. And it, it was just kind of annoying for me because then I'd have to reach out to the other actors and be like, sorry, we got to reschedule again. And um, when we did the big, there's a big group scene where we have like almost a majority of the cast. Uh, the night before that scene, she like sent me a text where she was like, oh, I'm not feeling too good. I don't know if I can make it. And that was like super stressful because like everything was pretty much in place. I had placed like the food order for that day. I had confirmed with like the location guy that yeah, we were going to be there. And so like 
really rescheduling that was not going to be an option because there's also like 15 people involved in win that day. And so I was like, well, you don't have any dialogue doing that scene. You just have to be tied up. So if you're well enough, like, could you come down and do it? And then she was kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. So I had to make a plan B because uh, I was like, if you can't come down, that's good. And if you're sick, then don't worry about it. I'll come up with a plan B. So I made like an alternate scene of the script because it's like, oh crap, she's like the lead character. Because I did have um, like plan Bs in case one of the killers like couldn't make it because of a family emergency. I was like, okay, if like the romance destroyer couldn't make it, we can like film a scene where she's like wanting late to the games mm -hmm. and tie it in. Like we'll make it work. But with the lead, it was like, oh, crap. So, in the, like, the alternate scene, I was going to have to have her on, like, a TV screen. And we, we would film her scenes later. But thankfully, she did show up that day and did her stuff. And I remember that scene was kind of intense. Because I'm in that scene mm -hmm. as well, acting. Because I was like, oh, this would be such a cool scene to be in. Like, a mm -hmm. big circle of killers. I got to be in that scene. But then it was kind of stressful because I was acting in front of like the whole cast and also like keeping track of the shots and trying to manage this whole thing and then also having to like focus on my performance. Mm -hmm. And I was like, uh, <laughs> that was not a good idea. I'd be down to do it. As long as you know how to handle yourselves. Yeah, guys. Maybe teaming up is a good strategy. Just because y'all hate it doesn't mean it sucks. If it means I get to share my snacks, maybe I'd be willing to consider teaming up. The only people I would team up with are those who listen to metal, so most of you are going to be dead otherwise. Are you guys ready to growl? I think I did okay. <laughs> and so we filmed that. And then we, there, we did like two more shoot days after that. And then it was like close to Thanksgiving time. I think this is like a week before Thanksgiving. She sends me like an email that's like, hey, I got to like drop out for personal reasons. And I just remember feeling all these emotions. Like I was really sad and depressed. I was really pissed and like mad. And I confused, like, you know, like all those like crazy yeah. emotions you feel. And like, you're like 70, 80% done. Mm -hmm. That's, That's crazy. And so I was just like, oh crap, maybe I can like negotiate and like, maybe we can just get like one or two more shoot days with you. And like, I can kind of rewrite to get the ending. Cause I didn't have the ending, which is like kind of important because like I had the beginning and most of the middle but without the ending it would have just been weird if you the lead character just disappears for no reason and so there were some negotiations that happened but they like broke down and failed and then I was just remembering like shoot like what's going to happen to this project because I didn't know if like the cast would have came back to reshot their scenes or if yeah. they would have been like 
I already shot my scene. You want me to come back and film it? Which they would have every right to mm -hmm. yeah, be upset about. Because, look, this, this person, Martha, she screwed over the entire cast and crew that was that worked so hard at this for this the entirety of that time i mean i mean the we're talking like a lot of scenes that were already shot so she screwed over all these people and that's what holly said it was kind of a selfish thing to do <laughs> like, yeah no it was, it was awful and so like i was like I, I reached out to everyone i was like i'm willing to reshoot it if you are but i totally get it like if you're not yeah but thankfully like almost the whole cast yeah came back. i was yeah everybody you know they they had your back man and that's that's like what was really awesome about it was yeah and i also think you know the replacement actors that you got for uh for sophie and the princess of <laughs> calamity um i think the replacement actors were much better no i felt like yeah, yeah they brought a new like life energy into yeah it. yeah and so, so i'm thankful for quinn because she recommended mia and andrew yeah Downey. mia and andrew big shout out to them they're they're fantastic people two and they're good actors was that two superstars, superstars. And, and check this out Mia and Andrew are a couple, and they met through Sophie and the Serial Killer. I know, Killers, right? <laughs> that's crazy. So I guess it's thanks to Marfa that they, yeah, yeah, they yeah. were introduced. Yeah. So, because hey, you know, a lot of times, you know, good things come out of bad events, mm -hmm. and a lot of times, bad things come out of good events. So you never know how life is gonna you know turn you into a different position mm -hmm. to set you up with something better i mean and uh I, I i applaud you for at least like you know picking up the pieces and actually deciding to do it again because even knowing in the back of your head that um okay everybody's would agree to do this again um it still feels like a daunting task it to was. start from ground zero right the good news was we didn't have to reshoot every single scene like the ones where Marfa wasn't in them mm -hmm. we still were able to sal salvage yeah. so i think that kind of helped motivate me because yeah. like um in the guard room olga's almost in every scene mm -hmm. so like if we had a situation like that that would be bad yeah but um because um and sophie there's like scenes where her character isn't in that right. scene so i think that was like kind of a good a blessing like oh we don't have to start from like ground zero we still have some stuff we can sure, use sure but yeah it was it was crazy it was kind of weird like filming yeah. some of those scenes and then the pandemic also hit yeah and so <laughs> like we were ready to like start shooting and then like march happened of 2020 and so i was like well we're delayed again but then like some scenes, like you know where Sophie um, pulls in her car in the parking lot at the start? Mm -hmm. That was supposed to be in a parking garage. I thought I was running late. Or did everyone just finish their exams early? But okay. the parking garage was like closed because of COVID. So oh, we, we yeah, had to yeah, find yeah, like right. um a different parking lot to like use. And then 
the the nature parks like the beach and the forest they were more popular because like during covid a lot of stuff was closed so people were more outdoors mm -hmm. so that was kind of a challenge like we had a few like when we were filming the pirate scene there's like a few little kids watching us film okay, okay. cute but it was like okay kids be quiet we're trying to record the sound <laughs> yeah and then um, that's why we went up on the cliff because it was like uh, for this action scene we did, we just need to get off the beach. Yeah. yeah. So, but that looked good for the film. It looked more like cinematic. Yeah. And so this kind of shows you like some of the like I have to be adaptable <laughs> to certain certain situations on set because like weird stuff like this happens, and you got to be ready to like roll into Plan B. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, uh, whew. what else happened during that film? <laughs> it like, feels such like everything happened at once, but it took such like a long time. Yeah, hey, but you got through it, man. I mean, and you know what? It, it wasn't it a good feeling to know that all these people still had your back. You it was it. like, and you made some good friends out of it. Exactly, and then um, I think the pandemic kind of helped me reschedule that second the big group scene. Yeah. And a fun fact, that was actually supposed to be like an indoor scene in like a creepy warehouse, but because of COVID, I decided to have it outdoors so we could all be spaced out. So that's why in the film, everyone's yeah, like yeah. six feet apart. And then uh, Patrick Chow like didn't want to come because he was paranoid about COVID. And I was like, I'm doing all these safety measures. We'll, we're spaced out. And I tried to convince him, but he was like, I think he was visiting some family in the hospital. So I, I, I got it. So I called on my friend Boynton here. To share my snacks. Maybe I'd be willing to consider teaming up. I would only team up with people who listen to metal. I look nothing like this guy. <laughs> I will say that part where you tried to do the thing, where the face swap, it looks so weird. I'm gonna tell you that right there. Cause he, <laughs> It looked so weird. It looked kind of creepy, actually. He, he did this face swap thing to put Patrick's face on my face when I was playing him. What was uh human breath? Was that human that breath. was my? Why'd you call that character human breath? Because he eats humans, so he has like you know like a, okay yeah like garlic breath after you eat a garlic pizza. Okay, okay. So, so. all right, got it. But. Yeah, that's why I tried not to like cut. I only had to cut to you when you did it. It looked <laughs> weird. I'm gonna say that. I don't care if it is your film. That looked weird. It looked, but you know, it, like when you look at it, you're like, what am I looking at? This is kind of creepy. You're like, guys, let's save the fighting for tonight's main event. Anybody want a snack? It looks like Boynton, but it looks like a like a The Hills Have Eyes version of him. You know what I'm talking about? I was like, you'd have to see it to know what I mean. It looks just odd, like. <laughs> Can you imagine if we made a movie where we deepfaked you that way the whole film? Yeah, I thought it was going to be a better version of deepfake, but man, it was just like. It was way off. I mean, I'm sure today you can find better tools because of all of this AI stuff that's happening, but. Yeah. Back then, that's that's what we had to work with. So I never actually met Patrick Chow, but he was in uh, Protection Detail. Yeah. In that scene inside the liquor store. Yeah, you remember that scene? I remember that scene. Yeah, yeah. 
His hair is like all. But it's interesting. I've been on two films with the guy, and uh, but I've never actually worked with him because we never shot on the same days. No, he, he's a cool guy. He's yeah, he, chill, yeah, so. he seems like a pretty good actor too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that was just a crazy day where we had like Michael Fred <laughs> filming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And then I think that the whole cast like started singing, like in. The, I don't know. Do you remember what song they were writing? Oh, yeah. They were playing... Uh, I mean, they were singing the song by Queen. Queen, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Oh. I'm sorry, but... I... All that singing... I mean, I was never in musical theater or anything like that, but... Uh-huh. All that singing for Queen, I'm like, oh, give it a break. I know. Uh... I'm not trying to be Mr. Cool Guy, but that was corny. <laughs> I was like, guys, we have a film to finish here. Yeah, yeah. They all started breaking out into song. Like, (laughs) I was like, who sings this? Freddie Mercury? Let's keep it that way. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, That was a crazy shoot. I'm sure other people felt the same as me that weren't singing. (laughs) But um, I think that was, like, probably the craziest shoot day. Like, the rest went pretty much to plan mm-hmm. so that was good we had to do some adr work mm-hmm. on the film which was kind of a new experience for me right right but i kind of had practice with um doing those anime abridged dubs oh yeah you, you dude that was fun mm-hmm. yeah 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 so uh michael did a, a a series of like um dubbed over anime uh shorts kind of yes um but he would take existing like um, My Hero Academia or something like that. Devil's and then a part timer. The Devil's a part timer, and he would dub it with his own like storyline about something like mm-hmm. like the cheeseburger god, the or the cheeseburger is the only true god yep. or something like that, right? Like things like that, things he's interested in, cheeseburgers. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those those are fun. Those are yeah. part of the the YouTube era. Yeah, yeah. No, those are fun. Uh, and, uh, you know, like, that's something I'd be interested in doing more of in the future. Anywhere, just, like, voiceover work. That Because when you do voiceover, you get to be so much more, like, pronounced and animated through your voice. Because you have to sound clear. I uh, know. Like, when you're doing voiceover, you have to, like, get into the zone. Like, your body movement. Right, right. You really get into it. I think I do a good job at voiceover. So you have to be like, blighting. Give me that cheeseburger. You can't have it. (laughs) (laughs) This guy's fired. (laughs) Yeah. Or you could be like, don't put pepperoni on that pizza. Why? Pepperoni would work. Don't put pineapple. I think I meant to say pineapple, but I was so... so it's, a, it's a running joke in my friend circle. They all know that um, I do not like pineapples on my pizza, right? Mm-hmm. I do love pineapples. I love to eat pineapples just by themselves. They're juicy. I love pineapple juice. I love a good pineapple. But the thing is, pineapples, the, the taste of a pineapple is so strong and so sweet, so juicy... That if you put it on top of a pizza, the only thing you taste is pineapple. Like, if I decide to eat a pineapple, it's because I want a pineapple. Mm-hmm. 
but I don't want it on a pizza because a pizza does not taste like a pizza when there's pineapples on it. It's, I don't, I don't understand, you know, look, taste in food is completely subjective, but it's just not something I could get into. I think it works better with pepperoni instead of ham, but it's just me. Just no, for me, just no pineapples on pizza. No pineapples on pizza. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, wait, so what would be your go-to toppings for your perfect pizza? Um, I'm a fan of the classic pepperoni, mm-hmm. but I also, olives are good. Or, um, olives? Oh, yes. I love olives, yeah. Or um, some spicy peppers, some bell peppers. Mm. No, <laughs> I know you don't like spice. No. Um, pineapple, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, for me... Sausage is good, too. Yeah, I don't mind sausage, yeah. I like sausage. For me, it's... um. I, I, I like to get it one of three ways. So either I'm going to get pepperoni and extra cheese. Mm. So that's always my go-to. The other one would be a combination pizza. Just yeah. everything. Just load it up. Just dump dump everything on there. Um and then the other one would be uh pepperoni black olives. Okay. So those are the three ways that picks. I get pizza. So I I don't think if it's up to me, I'd never get it any other way except for those three. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Boyton. Could you do a Olga impression, a voice impression? No, no. no. Yeah, I, I, can can you? you? I don't think so. Okay, no, I, I can't do it. I would, I'll, I would do an impression if I could, but I just can't. Yeah, yeah. I know it's the hard. impressions that I can do. What made you think that I? What? what why'd you come why'd up you with that, that question? I was just curious to see if you could do it or not, but no, no. Uh, I'm not too sure who I could do an impression of. One of these days, I'll come up with impressions of certain people. Oh, okay. Okay. I know we got our Valley Girls down. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> we did that pretty good. Um, let's see. We did rub. What, what other impressions could we do? Uh, is there an impression of a certain type of character that you can do? I don't know. <laughs> it's... It's hard to think. Uh, here, here, here's one. Give me one second. Master Tristus! Stupid, stupid fat hobbit. Oh, is that's that, good. That, that's a good golem. Is that, is that, that's not bad, right? Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. The golem's tricky. He's kind of got like a rasp. Hmm? Give it to me. <laughs> Give me my precious. My precious rain. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm... <laughs> but I, I like it. I like the effort, though. Try it again. <laughs> Give me my crunch bars. <laughs> um, let me tell you a little about about propane. Oh, Hank Hill. <laughs> <laughs> This is Hank Hill of Strickland Propane. Bobby? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that okay? Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Okay. okay. <laughs> Impressions are not, like, my exactly my strength. They take, they take skill. Like, I think you have to practice a lot with whatever character you're trying to imitate. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, Wait, who does this? <laughs> um, isn't that the... 
It's that guy from that sitcom. Wait, I I, th- I was trying to do Nelson from The Simpsons. Oh, Nelson. Okay, but I maybe I that didn't, maybe that wasn't a good impression. Okay, I see it now. Because okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think there's another like some character from a sitcom that had a laugh kind of like that. So all right, oh, okay. go. <laughs> yeah, who's that? That's um Family Guy. Um, yeah. Quagmire. Quagmire. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Peter. Hey, Peter. That's uh, Cleveland. <laughs> okay, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I, I got know. any more impressions. Can you do a SpongeBob? <laughs> that, that <laughs> no, laugh? here's one. <laughs> is, is, is that? That's pretty good. That's not bad, right? I, I know you can do a good Squidward, right? SpongeBob. <laughs> Was that good? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know the sound of him walking. Yeah. All right. Well, we're almost out of time. Is there any last minute topics? No, no. You know, um, we got the holidays coming up. I mean, we just uh, finished Halloween. Um, we have some fun holiday episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. I, you know, I was I was asking Thor whether we should do any Thanksgiving content, but he said we, we're going to have a separate Thanksgiving episode and then a Christmas episode, then a New Year's episode. So Yes. I was hoping to do the thanksgiving episode today but um we need a guest for that one. Oh, we do okay oh so, um it might be a few days after thanksgiving like our halloween episode yeah. but you know we'll keep the holidays going it'll be a thor's giving a thor's giving <laughs> or a uh boy's giving yeah i think thor's giving sounds better, sounds better. it oh, has a th i see i yeah, see yeah. and then um who who is knocking at the door? Is that that guest that was supposed to come? <laughs> what guest? That guest that I canceled, that hadn't passed their background check. Mm. You know what? I'll t- I'll take care of them. You do the whole um. Thanks for watching, subscribing, monologue stuff. Okay. Hey, uh, I have no. He didn't tell me about this skit, but um, like, comment, and subscribe. Uh. Excuse me, uh, if you're here for the podcast, uh, it's not here. Um, this is the uh, Backstage Confessions podcast. Uh, Four and the boy, what you want to do is you want to go outside, down the hill. Uh, keep going down the hill, and you'll hit the ocean, and you'll get in the ocean. And it's going to be really cold, but just bear with it. And swim across the ocean, and then you'll, you'll find Four and the boy over there. Okay? Okay. All right. Bye. Go away. All right. Wait, wait, please wait. Thor and the Boy is brought to you by Magical Hammer Productions. Our producer is Bonnie Pyatt. This podcast is edited by Michael Thordarson. Thanks to our music tracks. Our intro track is Next Steps by Half.Cool and our ending music is Hunky Tonk Jazzy theme created by Freedom Trail Studio. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and stay tuned for the next episode. Yeah. Wait, you're going to be like that the whole time? No. Okay. I'll bring the umbrella down. Okay. When you come in. Okay. <laughs> I was like, wait, how are we gonna I'm like, where are you? It looked like.
like I'm talking to myself. That would be a good, a good technique if I I could have come. <laughs> yeah, I'm like dummy is. Okay. All right. Okay. Woo. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna start outside then. Okay. Sounds like a plan.